Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Believe in A's podcast. I'm your host, Ben Ross. We got a great episode for you this week. We spoke with former A's pitcher Dave Stewart. That conversation coming up in just a few minutes. Dave currently an analyst for NBC Sports Bay Area and California on the A's pre- and post-game shows. A three-time World Series champion in his playing days. The 1989 World Series MVP, two-time ALCS MVP, a former All-Star, pitched a no-hitter as a member of the A's. And unsurprisingly, he's a member of the Athletics Hall of Fame. So Dave had some excellent insight on this year's A's squad. The A's have officially clinched the AL West with Houston's loss in Seattle on Monday night. It's Oakland's first division title since 2013. This is the A's third straight trip to the postseason and their sixth in the last nine years. Only the Dodgers have made it more to the playoffs over the past nine seasons. A's at 33-20 and 20 with seven games remaining. They'll play three in Los Angeles against the Dodgers, then return home for four against the Mariners. And then on Tuesday, September 29th, they'll host game one of the first round of the playoffs. A best of three. Interesting new format this year, as I'm sure you already know. A's winning 97 games each of the last two years but going out in the wild card game. At least they're guaranteed a minimum of two games in this year's first round. So hopefully that will give them a better shot and we'll see if Oakland can make a deeper run in the playoffs this year. Our conversation with Dave Stewart coming up in just a few minutes. We really got into a whole lot on this year's A squad and Dave's own pitching career. We talked about the starting rotation and who he thinks should get the ball in game one. We also talked about potential matchups in that first round for Oakland. Right now, looking like it'll probably be one of three teams, either the Astros, Indians, or Blue Jays. So we talked with Dave Stewart about that, who he would like to avoid if he were the A's, who he thinks the best matchup might be. And we talked about his concerns on this year's roster and what could potentially be problematic for the A's in the playoffs. So all that and more. Coming up in just a few minutes, Oakland coming off a series win over the Giants, taking two out of three in Oakland over the weekend. The A's end up winning the season series against their Cross Bay rivals five games to one. And so now it's just a matter of staying healthy this final week, getting a few guys maybe some days off, getting other guys into the lineup to keep their timing and building towards game one of the postseason. So our conversation with Dave Stewart coming up in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you about betonline.ag. Folks, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. You can bet on just about anything on there beyond just the, the point spreads on games. They got futures. They got prop bets. Looking at some of the Super Bowl futures right now. Chiefs and Ravens, the two favorites. No surprise there. Chiefs at plus 475. Ravens plus 575. And then you got the Saints at plus 1,000 as the favorites out of the NFC. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And there's always the online casino as well. 
it never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Well, our guest this week is the 1989 World Series MVP, a three-time World Series champion, a former All-Star, and a member of the A's Hall of Fame. We're so excited to welcome Dave Stewart to the podcast. Dave, thank you so much for coming on. How are you? I'm doing okay, man. I'm doing okay. Been spending quite a bit of time at home, and this week I'm up in the Bay Area, which is good. I've got family here, and God, it's been a while since I've actually left my home with this pandemic. So I'm just happy to be here. It's crazy, I think, for everybody right now. I forgot to mention that, yeah, currently you are now uh, an A's analyst at NBC Sports Bay Area in California. So as we tape right now, the magic number to clinch the division is still at one. They have locked up their uh, a playoff spot for the third straight year. But, you know, it's looking like they're also going to to win the AL West, which is going to be a big deal. First time since 2013. The big question I think on a lot of fans' minds right now is as far as the starting pitching goes, it feels like the A's have more options this year. If you were in charge, Dave Stewart, who's getting the ball in game one? Right now for me, game one is uh, Chris Bassett. Um, and, but he's earned it. Um, he's Since being in the rotation, and he was not one of the five guys slated at the beginning of the year, but uh, ended up through injury, getting an opportunity to be in that rotation all year. And from day one, he's been their best starter, their most consistent starter, the guy that's given them the most consistent inning, the most quality innings. Um, he's been uh, a leader. And um, he pitches with a, a chip on his shoulder. He's a competitive guy. He um, wills himself to win baseball games. And one thing that, that the average fan doesn't know is that those type of attributes, they rub off on your teammates. And these guys look forward to him taking them out. And I think he would be welcomed by all of his teammates if appointed that first game of the playoffs. I, I agree with you. I, I was tweeting about that the other day because, you know, he just put together his third terrific start in a row. I think he's given up like one run and I want to say maybe 19 innings or 19 and two thirds innings. So he's been pitching great. Uh, and for the season, as you kind of touched on, it feels like he's been the only starter that's really been consistent the whole year. You know, he's just been solid. Um, and you look at the numbers, 2.57 ERA, even better at home. His numbers at the Coliseum this year are incredible. Look at this. 0.89 ERA. He's pitched 30 and a third innings at the Coliseum this year given up three earned runs. So I think that kind of would support his case as well. You look at the rest of the rotation and, you know, Lizardo looked terrific yesterday. I, I know he's young, he's a rookie, but the stuff is undeniable. What are your thoughts on giving Jesus Lizardo one of the starts in the playoffs? Well, I, I think what you, I, I do believe that a left-hander does need to be in that rotation for the first three games. Mm -hmm. um, and it really comes down to who's going to give you your best opportunity to win a baseball game. Uh, I like Sean Manaya, um, and I like Jesus Lasardo. Um, both have uh, arguments on their behalf. Um, uh, Sean Manaya has been a part of this starting rotation for the last three, four years. Um, he's battled through seasons. He's had great seasons. Um, he's got a no hitter under his belt. He's been, a, like I said, a part of this rotation um, for the last three years. So 
you know, that's in his favorites and his, 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 that's under his belt. And with that comes playoff experience. He's been with this team the last three years um, in the playoffs, last two years, I'm sorry, I guess I'm counting this year as a third year, but the last two years right? Um, in that first round when they've, they've gone through it and they've been defeated, he was the starter in last year's first game and uh, was defeated. But I think in, the, in, in those games, in those situations, there are lessons that are learned, um, lessons that make you better. And I believe that that could play in his favor. Now, in Lasardo's case, he also was a part of the playoff team last year, but pitching out of the bullpen. Right. Um, and, and there's something to youth. I mean, youth is bliss, but youth is also ignorance. And when there's ignorance, maybe you're not aware of the pressure of pitching in the playoffs, possibly game two um, for the A's. Um, and, and you're right, when it comes to stuff, uh, he is second to none on this pitching staff. Uh, you know, Frankie Montas has great stuff, uh, but it seems like when you have the same kind of stuff, which they both possess, it comes out better from the left-handed side. Yeah. And so uh, when it comes to Lasardo, um, I mean, that could be a, a great move on the part of the A's because sometimes stuff uh, factors in where finesse doesn't. Yeah. I think it's going to be interesting to watch this final week of the regular season because, you know, how, how these guys pitch in their final regular season start might, might have an impact just because, um, you know, it feels like a, a lot of them are really close. And so I guess the good news is, as I said before, is it feels like the A's definitely have better options than they've had in previous years uh, when it comes to the rotation. On that note, what just your overall thoughts on this team. You know, we've seen back-to-back years – the A's have, have won 97 games, made the playoffs as the wild card, and then gone out in just that in the one game kind of winner-take-all thing. Um, I know it's a different format this year, but it, as you look at the team, does this feel like a team that maybe has a better shot to make a, make a deeper run? You know, if I, don't, if I don't look at the things that are, are glaring, which what's glaring for me is that this team has lived and died once again by hitting the ball out of the park. Yep. And it's okay to live and die by hitting the ball out of the park if you're one of the if you're in the middle of the pack of the league in 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 team batting average, but they're not. Um they're in the lower part of the pack in team batting average this year. And in a short season, um, which we're talking about now the playoffs, not just the short season of sixty games, but when you play in the playoffs, now you're in the short season. And your lineup and your rotations are set how you want them to be set up. And you're starting with your best to your second best to your third best to go after these teams. And let's face it, in, in playoffs, in, in, in the best years, they've all, always displayed premier pitching and premier defense. And you have to manufacture runs. Now, I think that Bob Melvin is capable of manufacturing runs and putting this team in a position to win. Um, but my concern is that in a short season, in a playoff, that pitching will dominate uh, the hitting. Um, and you don't have an opportunity to wait to get runners on and hit the ball out of the ballpark. 
they're going to have to do a better job of manufacturing the runs, manufacturing runs with their, which they are capable of doing. But for me, I have some reservations um, because they just have not proven to be, uh, batting average-wise, a good hitting baseball team. Yeah, you know what? I, I totally agree. It's interesting you say that because that's, I, I mean, I think that's been a lot of people's concern with this A's team. Uh, the batting average, it's never been great in these past few years, but it, it feels even more so this year that, you know, you look at guys like Matt Olson, who's hitting for great power, but the average is down below 200. Um, you know, it's, it's no surprise that these guys strike out a lot. I think that that's not uncommon when you've got a lot of power hitters. But as you said, in the playoffs, sometimes you do have to manufacture runs. Sometimes you, you need good all-around hitters. And that is a concern because, you know, this A's lineup can be a little inconsistent. Um, sort of on that note, I think it's important in this final week of the regular season. I know the A's don't have a ton uh, – to play for, you know, assuming they can lock up the division. And again, as we tape this, the magic number is one, but I think it would be nice to get some of the bats going because as you look up and down this lineup right now, I don't know. It feels like there, there are some guys slumping a little bit. You know, I mentioned Olsen, the power is great, but he's been struggling from an average perspective. You know, Robbie Grossman got off to that hot start, but he's sort of tailed off a little bit. Uh, guys like Mark Canna, Ramon Laureano has never really gotten it back going again since the suspension uh you know Marcus Simeon having a little bit of a down year so sort of up and down the lineup they've done enough to win but I don't know are, are you a believer in momentum going into the playoffs how important do you think it is to get some of the offensive flow going this this final week well we'll give you an example last year's season their offense went cold mm -hmm. and the first game of the playoffs their offense was non-existent and they were eliminated now, what's, what's good about this is at least you, you got three shots at it in that first round. Right. Um, now, I do believe that the ability for this team to hit um, is there. We're only, when you look at it in a, in a, normal, in a normal consequence, in, in a normal season, we're only 60 games into the year. Right. And there's still 120, 100 and, I'm sorry, 100 more games to be played in a regular season. Right. And so the capability of them coming around and and being the hitting team that we know that they are is still there, but we're just short 100 games in the season. And so the time is now to produce and show what kind of team you are. So do I believe in momentum? I most certainly do. I don't think that these last games are games that you can take for granted because you're in the playoffs. I think that these last games, they need to improve in every aspect of their game uh, to be successful in the playoffs. Now, one thing I do like about this team, you know, beyond the improved starting pitching, but the bullpen, they had a, a little bit of a down year last year after a really good 2018. And the pen has been really, has had a great bounce back here. And I think that is important in the playoffs. I mean, Liam Hendricks has been lights out once again, Jake Diekman, Still hasn't given up a run. Soria's had a nice bounce back after a little bit of a disappointing year last year. What are your thoughts on this bullpen and how important will they be in the playoffs? I believe that your bullpen is is I mean is is as good as your starting pitching. Um, if the starting pitching falls apart, then that means extra usage on your pen. 
Now this bullpen has been tested all through the season. Early they were tested when the starting pitching wasn't good. And when, it, when the starting pitching settled in, it gave Bo Mel opportunities to use the bullpen the way it should be used in their proper roles. Mm-hmm. And so what we do know is they've been tested. They've been tested again and they've been tested again. And at this point, they could very well be the best bullpen in all of baseball, not just the American League, with the job that they've done for this season. Guys know their roles. Um, I think that you won't find much better than Petit, uh, Diekman, Soria, Hendricks, um, and McDonald, uh, McFarland, I'm sorry, um, on the back end of that pin. That's a nice group of guys in a positive role that are capable of getting the final outs in a game. Yeah. Um, but once again, you know, if your bullpen um, is fatigued and your starting pitching isn't, isn't giving you enough innings and they're having to get a lot of outs down there, it could affect the way that they pitch. But they've been the backbone of this team for me in this, up, in this season. I think some of the new additions have been really critical to the A's success. You know, you look at, at what Tommy LaStella has done since he came over from the Angels. You look at Jake Lamb. I mean, just a handful of games, but he's sort of almost resurrected his career, it feels like. You know, he, he was really struggling the last couple of years with the Diamondbacks, and he's shown something. Uh, how important have they been? And, you know, I know, I know Mike Miner in his most recent start on Sunday against the Giants uh, had a rough outing, but – you know, he's shown in the past and even in, in his previous start that he can also be a valuable left-handed arm. How big are those three additions for the A's? Well, obviously, Lestella's been, in my opinion, the biggest addition. He's been the biggest, the biggest, I wouldn't even say surprise. I mean, he was, he was doing the same thing in Anaheim that he's doing here, spraying the ball over the field, bringing energy to the team, um, just an outstanding player he's an outstanding player and um, in my opinion great trade for the A's great pickup for the A's is is Jake Lamb but you know I've said it in our broadcast on TV I I was fortunate to be the general manager there in his rookie season and his and in his sophomore year and so I've seen Jake Lamb play this game and I've seen him play this game at a high level I've seen the scouting reports on him he's made an all-star team this guy, if given the opportunity, if he's healthy, um, has the opportunity to have impact on a team. Have you seen him? I mean, he's had big hits with two strikes against left-handed pitching. So um, I'm not surprised at all by what he's doing. Unfortunately, in this game, players are released um, when they're in their prime or before their prime for multiple reasons. Um, a lot of times in this day and age with, with most teams, uh, your salaries play a factor against the budget of teams and where you're going to be and how you're going to be paid going forward. And you have to make decisions on whether a player is worthwhile keeping or not. It doesn't mean that the player isn't a good player or is not capable of playing the game in the way it's supposed to be played. And you're seeing that with Jay Clown. Just starting to look at some of these potential playoff matchups now, you know, with, with, with the A's, um, again, on the brink of, of clinching the AL West as we tape this. And so the AL is deep. It's been good for a while. I'm just wondering if you feel like they're out of it. It looks to me like they're going to play either the Astros, the Indians, or the Blue Jays. And right now it looks probably most likely like they would, would get the Astros. 
Is there one matchup out of those three teams that you think favors the A's the best? Is there any team that they don't want to play? Or I think they're all good teams. How do you how do you break down the possible opponents? Well, I don't think you want to play Cleveland. No. <laughs> Cleveland, um, in my opinion, is an offensively dangerous team. Yeah. And they also have just enough quality pitching. I mean, they've got number one starters. Bieber's a stud. Yeah, they've got a number one starter on that staff. And as you know, on a playoff, all you need is one starting pitcher to get blazing hot. Yeah. But they've got him. They've got Carrasco. I mean, they've got multiple options to throw at you. And and so that – and they're a great defensive team, by the way. Yeah. So uh, that, that's a team that uh, I would not want to face in the first round. Um, I think that they played Houston very well this year. Mm-hmm. And because they played Houston so well this year, I think that there's a confidence that's already built yeah. that they, they, they should play well against Houston. You know, I was going to say on Houston, it kind of feels like they've lost a little bit of their swagger. I mean, I know they've had a, a lot of injuries this year, and, and we find out now that, you know, Justin Verlander, unfortunately, is, is going to have to undergo Tommy John surgery. And so he's, he's not coming back this year. You know, they, they lost Garrett Cole in the offseason, so their pitching took a big hit. And, you know, even that lineup this season, they haven't been quite as dangerous as, uh, you know, I don't know how much of it is mental, how much had to do with the whole cheating scandal. They, they don't feel like as scary of a team as they've been. I know they still have some really talented players, but if they feel vulnerable. Well, I, I think people look at them that way, but quite frankly, when Verlander goes down, you lose a, a, a Garrett Cole when you've been banged up like they have been all year long. I mean, all of their starters, and I say starters, I'm sorry, the position players, they've, they've not played a full year with all of their position players in the lineup all at one time. Yeah. Dusty Baker is always a factor for me when he's managing a team. And so uh, I, I, think that, I think that that team would be looking at it as how are we where we are at this time with all of the injuries that we faced this year, which I think is a boost for them. Sure. So uh, I don't think that their swag is gone at all. I think that what they were hoping to do is get healthy. And Verlander, I think, is a slap in the face for them and, and does bring about some disappointment. But I also think if they really look at the whole picture, the big picture, they play pretty well for not being healthy all year. Yeah. No, and that's a good point. I, I think it's safe to say that whoever the A's play, it's a tough series. I mean, the American League is good. These teams that make the playoffs, I know it's an expanded format, but if you make the playoffs, you're a good team. And so there are no easy outs. Um, you know, you're known for being a guy who was, who was terrific in the postseason. I mentioned that you won the, the World Series MVP in 89. I think you won two ALCS MVPs as well looking up your postseason ERA for your career, 2.77. I'm curious what your mindset was in those high-pressure type games. How were you able to perform so well on the biggest stage with all that pressure? Well, I mean, the, the first thing is um, I didn't think I could be beaten, um, which that's how you have to – that has to be your mentality that, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be beaten. As a starting pitcher, I looked across the diamond at whoever my opponent was on the mound, 
my next thought was that I'm not leaving this mound until you're gone. And once they're gone, then that means that I got a pretty good chance that I'm winning a baseball game. And then, you know, the other, the other part of it is, is really just preparation, um, which, you know, since I was a kid, I, my brother and my brother Gregory always challenged me um, in all situations. Um, he's five years older. And so I was always playing against older kids and the odds were always in favor of the older kids. Um, but somehow I found a way through him preparing me to, to, to in some cases lose, but in most cases I'd end up winning. And then playing for Tony La Russa, um, you know, I started realizing who I was pitching against most of the time and realizing it was a Clemens or it was a, Jack Morris or a Frank Viola or Chuck Finley or Dan Petrie or, you know, when you start looking at the matchups and realizing that you're only pitching against, you know, other teams, number ones and number twos, you have to start preparing yourself that you may face these guys in a league championship series. And so when you face guys like that on, on a regular basis, you start practicing and making those opportunities big games and see how well you can pitch against these guys and see how long and how deep you can get into a game and see how late you can pitch to a game without getting to that bullpen. And that was always my mentality. It wasn't necessarily that the whole world was watching me in those situations, but it became more of a challenge of whether they were better than me and who was going to give in first. And in, in no case was it going to be me. I'm sure you've been asked this before. I, you know, you've got so many accomplishments from your playing days. We talk about the, the World Series MVP. You were an all-star. Uh, you threw a no-hitter. What, what was your, what's your favorite baseball memory from your playing days? What are you most proud of? Ooh, my baseball memory most proud of. <laughs> I would probably say... I'd probably say winning the World Series in Oakland. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I grew up in Oakland. Used to sneak in the ballpark. Childhood memories of the 72, 73, 74 teams. Um, and then coming home when a lot of people felt that my career was in jeopardy and they would say resurrecting my career, I would say getting an opportunity and seizing it. And then watching this team build uh, from 86 until we finally won our championship in 89 and continuing to have what I felt were dominant baseball teams uh, through my career here. Um, so 89 would have been the highlight and the biggest moment for me um, in baseball. Yeah, no, I mean, that would be my guess too. I, and you mentioned growing up in Oakland, that had to be a dream for you to not only play for the A's to go on and win a world series for the A's. And now you're a member of the athletics hall of fame. And, and we found out that um, you're getting your number retired that was scheduled for this year. I'm assuming that we're They pushed that back just because of, of COVID. Is that right? Are they going to do that next year? Right. It was scheduled, it was scheduled for May 23rd. And uh, now it's going to be next year um, during next year's season. Now I'm not sure what date they picked out, but uh, it'll be in next year's season. Got it. Well, I mean, that has to be such an incredible honor for you. You know, 
as you said, growing up in Oakland, that has to mean even a little bit more. What, what does that mean to you to receive that honor from the team you grew up cheering for? Well, I mean, mostly it's like I said, um, when I, when I go to the Coliseum, even though it's not the same ballpark that um, it was when I was a kid, I, I remember laying out in the right field seats, waiting for the gates to open. And, you know, my first meeting with Reggie Jackson and Rick Mundy and, and, uh, you know, I remember those. I remember when the, when the bunny rabbit used to pop up from behind home plate with the <laughs> umpire's balls. I remember Charlie Odomil, you know, and so my number is going to be retired um, with Hall of Famers. And I'm not a Hall of Famer. I, I have some Hall of Fame moments, I think, in baseball, but I'm not in the National Baseball Hall of Fame. And that's been, that's been a standard uh, for the Oakland A's and, and the numbers that have been retired since the first number was retired. And so it's a tremendous honor to be uh, outside of what um, the A's have always done and for them to honor me in that way. Just a couple more questions before I let you go. And I, I appreciate you taking all this time and, and coming on the podcast, but I, I wanted to ask you now about being an analyst at NBC Sports Bay Area in California, working alongside, among others, Brody Brazil. Um, but I know Dontrell Willis is now serving as an, as an analyst this year. Uh, you know, they've got Bip Roberts over there. They've got Shooty Babbitt. How have you enjoyed that experience of being an analyst? And uh, <laughs> is Brody Brazil as goofy off air as he is on? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Brody has been the one piece of this whole experience that's made it totally worthwhile. Um, you know, my first year when I was struggling to get comfortable and, and figure out how it works, um, he was helpful in hints and giving me positive words. Um, absolutely perfect in teeing up questions for me to answer, really helping me to utilize my knowledge and my experiences for the fans to, to hear what they want to hear. And when you ask, is he goofy? He's one of, the, one of the funniest individuals that I've ever been around. Funny and corny at the same time. Yeah. If you were listening at uh, last night's game when he was talking about lamb and lamb basting, and <laughs> I mean, he's just been—he's been the greatest part of this whole experience for me. Working with him, um, it's just been absolutely unbelievable. It's been fun, and um, he's been a mentor for me and in, in, in helping me to get along in this business and learn the do's and the don'ts. I love it. No, I, I agree. You know, I got to work alongside Brody when I was there too. And he, he is, he makes it so much fun. He, he's a fun guy and uh, you know, sports are supposed to be fun and he, he definitely, he keeps it loose. So he's fun. Um, last question. This is recent because it popped into my Twitter mentions and I, I really enjoyed this interaction you had yesterday with Kelly Johnson, who, for those who don't know, she hosts the, uh, the Giants pre and post game shows for NBC sports Bay area. And I, I posted, this was before uh, the, the finale, which the Giants won 14 to two. But up until then, you know, the A's had won the first five meetings this year and outscored the Giants 42 to 16. So Kelly responded, well, just because I want to be saucy, the SF Giants have three rings in the last decade. What do the athletics have? Hashtag just saying, hashtag I know, LMAO. 
So you came with a great response, I thought. You said the Beatles have a legendary hit called Yesterday. I thought that was a good, I thought that was a good <laughs> clap back. Um, well, I guess that kind of goes to, to speaking about, again, the atmosphere at NBC Sports Bay Area, and it, it seems like it's just a fun group of people. What's it like going back and forth on Twitter like that with, with someone like a Kelly Johnson? You know, Kelly is cool, man. She is really, really cool. We are actually talking about it today in the studio. Nice. And, uh, so uh, she was walking past me, and I was singing yesterday. <laughs> my triple seems so far away. She started laughing. And then I said, you know what else, though, Kel? Janet Jackson, what have you done for me lately? <laughs> nice. That's another great one. <laughs> so... I mean, it's been great. I mean, working with you, Ben, working with Kelly, um, you know, I get a chance to see some of the guys that I competed against, uh, you know, when Matt Williams was here as a broadcast caster, Rich Aurelia. Yeah. Um, you know, Sean Estes has been in the office and Sean got me yesterday talking about, I said, Sean, when did you retire? He said, he said I asked him, when was his first year? He says, 1995. I said, it figures you were coming in when I was going out, he says, yeah, I used to watch you when I was a kid. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So, I mean, it's been great, man. You know, it's, and it's not just them. It's, it's, you know, Sonia and Josephine and Jenna. I mean, they're just, you know, there's so many people, you know, that um, have made it just comfortable to be there on a day-to-day -day basis. And, you know, I don't think, I think a lot of people probably feel, you know, well, you played Major League Baseball for 16 years and you've had whatever your accomplishments are and they just think that you're comfortable wherever and that people have to fit around you. Um, but for me, what made it easy, an easy transition for me and being able to fit in is the comfort that all of you gave me coming in and um, just making me a part of the game. Well, that's great to hear. And yeah, I mean, I think that it goes both ways. Uh, first of all, it's a, it's a terrific crew over at NBC Sports Bay Area. You mentioned some of them by name and everyone over there so talented and, and as you said, so welcoming. And uh, I think everyone over there felt the same way about you coming in and, and being a team player and being easy to get along with. So it's, it's been a lot of fun. And uh, Dave, we really appreciate you coming on the Believe in Oakland Days podcast. We look forward to seeing you do your thing on NBC Sports Bay Area in California. Hopefully we'll get to see the A's make a deep postseason run this year and uh, maybe win a ring so A's fans can once again have bragging rights over the Giants and uh, we don't have to hear from the Kelly Johnsons of the world anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ben. Thanks for having me on, man. I really appreciated this. Thank you. Just a great guy. That guy, man, Dave Stewart. Talk about bleeding greed and gold. He... As he told you, grew up in Oakland as an A's fan, got to play for the team, win a World Series in Oakland, a member of the A's Hall of Fame, and now he's getting his jersey retired and all absolutely well-deserved. We thank him again for coming on the Believe in A's podcast. You can follow Dave on Twitter at DSmoke34. You can follow me on Twitter as well at Ben Ross Tweets as we're into the home stretch of the regular season, just seven games remaining for the A's. Three against the Dodgers, four against the Mariners, and then it is time for playoff baseball. Man, what a fun time to be a sports fan. You got the NFL in full swing, 
You got the NBA and NHL playoffs going on, and now the Major League Baseball playoffs with the expanded format. 16 teams going to get in, and the A's going back for the third straight year. We'll see if they can make a deep run. Thanks again to Dave Stewart, and thank you all for listening this week. Remember, you can download and subscribe to the Believe in A's podcast anywhere you get your pods. Our next episode will come out Tuesday, September 29th, the same day the Major League Baseball playoffs get underway. That'll be game one at the Coliseum that night for the A's, so we're looking forward to it. Have a great week, and we will speak to you then. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.